1: Those experiences have been so important. This time, Lizzie is on the other side of the mic talking about and performing songs from their brand new album, Half Seas. Basic Folks 250th episode with Lizzie No is streaming now on the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network. Join us there or wherever you get podcasts.
2: Thompson Guitars makes handcrafted instruments in Oregon and is a proud sponsor of the Travis Book Happy Hour. Their guitars are built with select tone woods, including Brazilian rosewood. Go to PKTGuitars.com for more information about their different models and appointments available from their custom shop.
1: When you have the ability to create something no matter what it is, whether it's like music, or you have like a craft you do, or a different hobby you like, I think it feels like you're doing something about it. You have an action towards that feeling that you're feeling, and it's really helpful. And it, it always, for me, because I've used it in that way forever, it always starts from a really personal place of like, I'm writing the song for me to begin with. And if I don't feel that song, then other people aren't going to feel it.
2: Welcome to the Travis Book Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Travis Book. This episode is brought to you by Thompson Guitars, makers of fine instruments, handmade with love, and sisters, Oregon. The podcast is also presented by Americana Vibes and the Bluegrass Situation, and our show is part of the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network. You can dive into all things Roots Music anytime at thebluegrasssituation.com. I started preparing for this episode when I was on a summer trip with my kids in Colorado, which mostly involves listening to the music. I'll never forget driving toward Mount Princeton with tears streaming down my face, and I'll never drive up that road to the hot springs again without thinking of Alexa and her music. Her quiet demeanor hides an absolute monster of a songwriter. Vivid imagery, unique yet familiar, the way she relays the feelings around relationships is unlike anyone I've ever heard on par with the brilliant Robert Ellis. We had a great time on the show. The music was so beautiful and moving, I had to include as much of it as I could. This episode was recorded live on August 24th of 2022.
0: And live from the Gray Eagle in Asheville, the Pearl of Carolina, it's the Travis Book Happy Hour. With special guests Alexa Rose and the Happy Hour House Band, featuring Julian Pinelli. And now, your host, Travis Book.
2: Thank you all so much. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Travis Book Happy Hour. My 26th, I believe, although adding is not my strong suit. Um, It is really great to be here back at the Gray Eagle, and I'm so excited about my guest tonight, Alexa Rose. I've been hearing about her for a very long time, mostly from... uh, from a dear friend of the happy hour, Mr. Tommy Marr, who usually joins us on Dobro, he, um, he's actually pretty upset that he couldn't be part of this show. He's on tour with his band Fireside Collective, but he's been encouraging me to get Alexa Rose down here for a very long time, and I'm so glad I did. Once I started digging into her music, I was really, truly blo- blown away, and I know that you will be too. I'm going to start out the show like I always do. I'm going to play a tune or two. I'm gonna talk about something that's been on my mind and then we'll get Alexa out here. But thanks again for tuning in. Those of you tuning in at home, we also appreciate it. But we're especially fond of those of you who came out tonight, thanks for being here. we live together without pain burdens that are just still burdens in our heart it's time to let them travel and lay them down from the tallest mountain down in the lowest valley we're all asking and we want to know why we're climbing and tell me why we're falling tell me where we're going yeah we want to know rise sun rise 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 It's not promised but it's all we know can we quantify it can we try and name it try to fight it while we hold it close right I was going to say, you know, I've had some interesting interactions in the last few weeks. And something that keeps coming up is a question of, like, of how we see other people and their actions and how we allow that to affect us. And a sort of a larger question about behavior modification. Like, do we change people, tell them how we think they should be, or do we just accept them for who they are? And, you know, obviously, I, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a parent. I may not act like one, but I am. It's surprisingly easy to become one, it turns out. Um, Obviously, as a parent, part of one's role is as a behavior molder, you know? I'm here in part to help shape who my children become, to offer suggestions about how they do things, how they relate to people, how they behave. Obvious to me, at least though, is that also at some point that role changes. And at some point my opinions about how my children should be becomes much less relevant. In fact, it may be even at some point irrelevant. I've discovered also as a child of aging parents That at some point it seems to me to be useless to try to get people of a certain age to change it only really causes friction and and, and separation a 75 year old who smokes for example how much good is it going to do for one to set up an oppositional relationship in order to change that behavior what good does it do and really anytime you're giving someone feedback on how you think they should be whether they're your child, your parent, your bandmate, or coworker, or your partner, there's going to be some rub and most likely some separation because inherent in that vibe is that you're not okay and it would be, it would suit me better if you were other than you are, if that makes sense. So when I get this vibe from someone, I find it extremely off-putting. <laughs> I don't know if you experienced this too. Maybe some of you find it helpful, but generally speaking, I'm just not into it. And while I have a reputation, for offering my opinion, my band has from time to time called me Opinion Man, almost like like Superman. And I'm like, Opinion Man. <laughs> I own that, I own that. Um, amongst other undesirable nicknames, they've got lots of awful nicknames for me, I do recognize that my opinions generally only increase the overall sense of separateness, and they don't really bring me closer to anyone. They don't bring me closer to the people of whom I have an opinion and they don't bring me closer to the people who are hearing me offer those opinions. So do we tell each other what we think of each other in an effort to improve each other, or do we accept and love, sometimes growing away from people whose behavior makes us uncomfortable? And if I make you uncomfortable, do I need to change or do you need to chill? It's like being offended. Nothing is offensive in and of itself. Anything someone says is just made up shit. It's not real and it's not tangible. It just, it's just like sounds that we imbue with meaning, right? So if someone utters a sound that you find offensive, you can choose to get upset, or you can let it pass through you. It's like entirely up to you, turns out. Um, but in the same way, it's like the same way like if someone has a behavioral tick that bugs you, you can try to modify that person's behavior, or you can let it go. And you know, you can tell me what brings us closer. I don't know, that's what I was thinking about this week. I don't know if any of that makes any sense. Um, But I find it incredibly interesting. Um, So thanks for listening. I asked Julian if he would play this song with me. Uh, I just spent a bunch of days traveling um, with my family, and then again with the string dusters on the road, and it was such a relief to get home. Such an unbelievable relief to come home, even if just for a few days. i've been having such a hard time i need to hear you on the other end of the line i want the co wind to blow me back on down the road i keep having the same bad dream I know exactly what it means We're the ones that I love They don't know that I've been gone drink and I might forget do some things that I might regret but when I get to the bottom I only feel more alone with better head back home Summer Breeze I'm gonna see the lights of the old town. Gonna dig my roots deep into the ground. Let the moss gather on this old rolling stone. It's good to be back. you agreed to be on the show
1: oh my god it's an honor thanks for having me you guys sound really nice i was just sitting right on the other side of that door kind of taking a little mini nap just listening
2: nice going into a trance
1: yeah going into a
2: trance pre-interview trance
1: yeah pre-interview trance one of my many specialties (laughs) (laughs)
2: let's start with some of the basics where where did you grow up
1: um I grew up in Virginia in a little town called Clifton Forge over in Allegheny County which is in western Virginia near Roanoke if you know where that is at all.
2: I have some idea where that is. I lived in, I, I I too dabbled in living in Virginia.
1: <laughs> you too dabbled. I in dabbled in rural Virginia. Virginia living. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what are your uh, what is what are some of your earliest musical memories?
1: Um real really ones I hated like being forced to take piano lessons, um, common. Yeah, common. <clears throat> I feel like growing up, I like w- I heard music. We nobody played music, but we listened to music occasionally. Um, my mom made sure of that. Um, but I didn't really develop like a deep love for it, and I didn't even really listen to to music in a way that I do now, where I will hear lyrics and stuff. Until I was older, um, but I think like my first love was singing, so I just I would just sing stuff all the time.
2: Like wh- like wh- like b- when you were by yourself, like as a kid playing. Yeah,
1: definitely. Only when I was alone.
2: Yeah. 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 I still I still <laughs> try to only sing when I'm alone. Yeah. Or when like I've set up like this relationship here, where like I've made it clear like I'm gonna sing, and if you're here, then you're here to hear me sing. You know, I don't just like walk around yeah. singing. I, I don't like sing for my girlfriend when she makes dinner or that kind of thing. <laughs> I probably should. I, I can't
1: do it either. That's super weird, right? Like yeah. I will only sing like when I've had neighbors, it's like if a neighbor is home and all the windows are closed in my house, I won't sing near a window. It's like I don't want anyone to hear me.
2: Wow. You know, I, I definitely I experienced that with songwriting. I cannot yeah. make up stuff if there's people within your shot definitely not i just can't do it i get you know any any little bit of like um, self-consciousness seeps in and it just like derails the entire process yeah
1: the the knowledge that you are being observed is very difficult to not be distracted by in general in general yes <laughs> yeah
2: yeah being observed is not the most comfortable i don't
1: feeling. know why we do this
2: <laughs> uh, yeah
1: you want to just call it a night <laughs>
2: No, this is this is this is where the rubber meets the road. So there was so no one was playing music around your house. Um, were you, did you like go to? Did you grow up in church, singing in church, or anything like that?
1: Um, not really.
2: Yeah,
1: not really. No.
2: Yeah. So so I mean, <laughs> so your family your family wasn't musical. You weren't growing up with it as a huge part of your life. How did this? How did this? Well,
1: I don't know that I I don't do it to me personally, like I, whenever someone says what you just said, it's always like such um, an incredible validation to continue writing and making music. So thank you for that. Um, And I think that what has allowed me to be so vulnerable with the lyrics I write in particular, which I, I always think that they're not that specific and not that personal, you know? Sure, sure. But then but then I see how they are and how they can feel that way to other people. Um, I think that maybe because I started writing songs from a place of like not really considering it as a as a career or like a something that I was gonna go out and present to other people. Um it was like it was just like something that I started doing one day, and I go through seasons of doing it or not. Um, mm-hmm. but when life has been shaky, that has always been the most relieving thing I could turn to and when when you have the ability to create something, no matter what it is, whether it's like music or you have like a craft you do or a different hobby you like, I think it feels like you're doing something about it. You have an action towards that feeling that you're feeling and it's really helpful. And it it always, for me, because I've used it in that way forever, it always starts from a really personal place of like, I'm writing the song for me to begin with. And if I don't feel that song, then other people aren't gonna feel it. It could probably be about anything, but if I didn't feel it, um, I don't think that other people would be able to access it in the same way if that makes sense
2: absolutely um, can you can we play some music
1: yeah absolutely can,
2: can, can you can you illustrate what we're talking about <laughs> yeah. um, that's sure. Alexa Rose everyone <laughs>
3: The alarm's going off it for a young and I guess it's a new year again.
1: Thank you so much. It's really just such a joy to play music with both these guys. I'm so glad we could all get together on this night and do this. It's pretty amazing that Travis does this every week. It's a lot of information to absorb. (laughs) I don't know what kind of supplements you're taking, but if you could share that with me later.
2: (laughs) Trade secret.
1: What?
2: I said it's a trade secret. That's fine. I
1: don't want to (laughs) know. I don't want to hold that much information in my brain. (laughs) In Western North Carolina for probably eight years or so now, and have spent most of that time in Asheville. So, I recently moved back up to Virginia, but it's a really precious place to me. In particular, this venue we're in right now, the Great Eagle. So, hope y'all will keep coming out and supporting me this after I left a, a show here one night, just a show I came out to and there was a guy busking over there playing fiddle and uh, he just like lit everything up, it was really nice And whoever you are, thank you it might have been you no, I don't think it was <laughs> <laughs> this is called Haywood
3: I can't
2: Alexa Rose. Do you mind if I ask you a few more questions? Not at all. Yeah, okay. Let's keep talking. Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) There's some more things I wanna know.
1: I really like this, like you get a little break off your feet.
2: Yeah, you like the stool? Yeah, I like the stool. You know, you can keep the stool for the second set if you want. Maybe I will, I don't know. Trying to remember who it was that sat on the stool the whole time. Was it Chris Jacobs sat on the stool the whole time? Somebody remembers. So, you know, one of the things that really strikes me about you is your voice. It's incredible. And um, I mean, like, it's really amazing. And so many singers, and I think myself included, we can come across like we're like trying to do something, like we're trying Mm -hmm. to sound like something, Um, like we're singing at it, as opposed to just being it, but I don't, I don't really hear any of that in your singing and I think it's just like so rare. When did you when did you re- I I probably don't know the answer to this. But like when did you realize that you had a unique voice? And did it take you a long time to come to that place? Like was there was there like an impersonation phase?
1: Oh, definitely. And I don't really know. I don't know if I can remember what, but I know like yeah, I think that for everybody, there is, because that's like how you, we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. And at first, my response to this question would be like, no, or I don't remember it, because I feel like I'm so insulated from being influenced by people, but that's not true, because like, you know, I listen to like mainstream radio, I was it like a musical theater kid for a long time, um... And so definitely like, I tried to mimic what I heard. And before I started writing songs, I was just singing songs I had heard. So I would be trying to mimic that. Um, Yeah. But I don't really feel, I feel like I have a lot of limitations with my voice and I feel like the songs I write and the way that I sing is totally just based on like, what makes me feel free and comfortable And I think I learned at a certain point, like, wow, a lot of the songs are styles that I really love, that I would love to be able to do. I can't do those. But here's what I can do, and here's what feels good and feels freeing for me to do. And so when I find those things, I try to, like, move towards that direction um, and, and find whatever that is. And I think that's sort of, like, how that has progressed into me learning how to sing and Write songs that I felt comfortable singing. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: Re- that's really that's really cool. I think it takes a lot. Some <clears throat> for some people it takes a lifetime to kind of figure that out. Yeah, you know? like
1: when I was 13, I would have loved to just nail "Jesus Take the Wheel," but it it did not work for me. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it.
2: <laughs> no, you're well, you're 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 <laughs> you're destined for for. I was I would say bigger things but that you can't really quantify that <laughs> no, sort you of can't thing. Quantify but you're like you're, it. But you're destined. you you've got your own like you've got your own mission.
1: Yeah. And that in comes from like that comes from spending a lot of time with yourself and like hearing a lot of different things and being exposed to different things and being like, "Oh, like let me try to sing this song that's in a totally different genre instead or Yeah. or would feel good singing it."
2: Yeah. yeah. I still feel like I'll just dis- I discover things about like I'll discover ways of singing that I'd never really thought I could sing like you know like stylistically yeah. like I'll try something you know yeah um and like getting to play getting to play every week at King Street and playing like different different ensembles and different styles all the time like occasionally I'll stumble on something and I'll be like oh man I, I maybe yeah. should have like tried singing more like like it's like you know, like like singing like blues or yeah. singing more of like a rock style or even like when I go to sing country music, mm-hmm. like doing my best Ray Price impersonation like unlocks things for me and helps me. Yeah. Like, I, you know, it's like I, I don't know that I sound like anybody else, but, you know, you kind of go down these little rabbit holes and you're like, okay, well, that kind of works or like that's not, definitely does not resonate with definitely. me. Definitely, yeah. So you, you lived in Asheville for a while, as you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. What are like, What are some of your best memories of living in Asheville?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, I moved to Asheville. uh, My my first experience living in Asheville was me subleasing, or not even subleasing. I was basically crashing at my friend Andy's apartment for a month while he was, like, out of the country. I had met him playing a gig with... um, A guy you know, John Trufant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, John and Andy and I had played this gig and I had met Andy Farrell, my friend, who's another talented songwriter in town. Um, And I said, I've been thinking about moving down here. And he was like, you should just just rent my apartment for a month while I'm gone and see how you like it. And I just kind of hermited up. It was winter, I think. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of snowy. I would just walk around, listen to all the records in his apartment. Nice, um, and that's kind of how I ended up here. It wasn't, it wasn't really based on anything. I just thought, like, oh, it seems like a lot of people play music here. I think I'd like to try to go be somewhere where that's going on more. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a little bigger city than you were used to. Yeah,
1: definitely. But yeah. some of my favorite man Asheville memories, definitely playing here. Um, Playing here and coming to shows here, still, like, yeah. some of my favorite moments have been, like, on the stage or on the other side of it, for sure. Um, yeah.
2: I've had a couple of other guests that have talked about that, just about, like, yeah. the legendary, like, core memories, to use the parlance of our times, that they've had standing out there, yeah. you know? Like, it's one thing to be up here. We had an epic show, like, the String Dusters' first ever sold-out show was here and it was the first time we played like one of the early songs I made up and this big part of the yeah. song that was supposed to be like the crux, like the only time it's ever worked was like right here in this room. <laughs> you know, like people yeah, got yeah, it yeah. that night. And it was like, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, but, but even to like be on that side.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: in the audience here and, and uh, it, that's, that's a common. Yeah. That's, that's, this place has got some, this place has got some gravity. So you move back home.
1: I moved back home. Yeah.
2: What precipitated that move?
1: Um, a number of things. I was touring a lot at the beginning of this year, and um, I had been just renting a place here, and I was never, I was never in it. And I think that, like, in the off time between being on tour, I was finding myself in Virginia a lot. I have a an Australian Shepherd named Emmy Lou, and my dear parents watch her while I'm not on the road, so I would end up just being up there anyway to pick her up and stay for a few days, and yeah. it just made sense to go back up there. Um, also because some people who who are my family are still close together in that area, yeah. and I thought it was a unique period in time that I could sort of take advantage of to just maximize my time with The people in my family who I love, who were all still conveniently around, and I thought that was just a really special gift that I should notice and take advantage of. So, yeah, that was that was the other half of the reason, and so all of that together just made sense.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's cool. You know, and you're not far from Asheville, and it's always here. That's Mm -mm. that was something that was really crucial for me when I moved away from Durango, Colorado. And I wrote a song about it. Like I knew that, I knew that you know. While time moves on and things evolve, you can always you you, you know you can't you, in a lot of ways you kind of can go back you know which which makes it yeah. easier for me to take risks and to take chances, knowing that you know that there is the possibility of backtracking and you can sort of have faith in
1: totally. how things
2: unfold yeah. you know Asheville's still here what is, um what does success look like for you
1: mm, I think just finding balance in my day to day life I think like I really love playing music. Um, I think that the lifestyle of playing music is, it's like, I wouldn't trade it for anything, but it is challenging and it can kind of, there are sacrifices you have to make where you can't really like have a day-to-day routine. Like a lot of people, maybe you don't feel like you're able to build community as strongly because you're like not in your town. And I think, like, to me, it's always felt... It doesn't really matter where it is. You never know when it's going to feel good or not. Like, it could be in a bar with four people or, like, the biggest show you've ever played in your life. And I personally don't really care which room it is. I just want the room to feel good.
2: You just want that feeling.
1: Yeah, and I think that comes from, like... Being able to find balance to move through the day in a way where you can, like, pause and navigate what is happening right now, and, like, how can I direct my energy in a positive way where this can be a successful evening for everybody. Right. Um, so if I can spend my evenings doing that, then... And obviously, they're not always going to go that way, but, you know, yeah. that's, like, a personal goal for me, I think.
2: What is it... Um. What 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 in general like what what do you hope for?
1: I don't know. I'd like to buy some land one day. I love that. <laughs> Have a little garden. That's a, that's, a, that's
2: a that's a noble goal. <laughs> for sure.
1: I don't know. I mean, I hope for a lot. Of, what do you hope for?
2: What do I hope for? Yeah. <laughs> um I I just I just want to be at peace. Mhm. And I want people yeah. around me to be at peace. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to just like. I just I just hope that we can all just like chill out <laughs> a little bit because there's not a lot of chill. I, so that's I what I hope for. I hope
1: that for. too. Yeah,
2: I hope, hope for some chill. But you know, land in a garden. That's that's the it's the same shit. You know,
1: it's the same. Yeah.
2: Get yourself some land, grow <laughs> yeah. garden, and chill. You can chill. Some CBD toilet paper. <laughs> um,
1: oh wow! Is that a thing? <laughs>
2: Of, of course it is. I just made it up. Um, why, why here's, a, here's a big one. Why, like, why do you think you're here? What's your purpose?
1: Great question. I've been meaning to answer this for myself and all of you for a long time.
2: <laughs> you can pass.
1: I, I don't know. You can think about
2: it on your own time and get back to us.
1: Yeah. We'll I do will. like an
2: addendum to the interview. I'll post it on the internet. You could be like, you know, i thought about it. <laughs> I know I'm here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think maybe it has something to do with finding peace, like, like you say. Yeah. I think it's like what you hope for and what your purpose is. Maybe they intersect. It yeah. just depends on how literal you want to be. Yeah, I do literally want some land.
2: That's, that is like such but a legitimate. I would love to
1: feel at peace, and I would love for all of you to, everyone, and and like the people close to us too, yeah. to be able to like, be present enough to foster that, feeling, within ourselves and those closest to us, hoping that we can, extend it out. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I like to say that I think you can have whatever you want, within reason. Yeah. And I think it's really reasonable for you to just want some land. That's legit. Thanks. It's like. Kind of the American dream, um I would like to have more land because yeah. I have like a quarter acre, yeah, but um,
1: it's not enough,
2: but I would like well, you know, I mean it's not enough. for
1: rotational grazing
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know the cows can't stay on a quarter acre all the time, <laughs> you know, so I gotta buy the neighbor's yard so I can move them over there.
1: There's a tip link in the under the video
2: <laughs> right. For those of you watching at home, if you'd like to contribute, you can tip us on Venmo and all the money will go toward uh, Alexa Rose I'll land fund.
1: It. I'll split it with you. Sweet. I don't think Julian heard any of this. We just won't <laughs> tell him.
2: No, ju- 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 if you asked Julian what he wanted, he would be like, I do play <laughs> fiddle? Yeah. Like... I mean, you talk about being chill, dude. That, you always got a gig with me, Julian, because you are one chill dude.
1: We love That's, Julian.
2: God, what, <laughs> what a genius. I feel like, he,
1: I know like it, he's
2: yeah. got all the secrets. Maybe I should be asking him all these questions. I
1: think you should. <laughs>
2: he's got the keys to the lock, man. Um,
1: Julian, how much land do you own?
2: <laughs> Can we come stay with you? Um, two more questions. Really, really simple questions, and then we'll get back to playing the music. Um, what are you afraid of? Um,
1: loneliness and snakes.
2: Excellent answer. Probably the best answer I've ever heard to that. Um, I think th- those are both universal fears. <laughs> um, and then on the flip side, what, what is it that makes you happy?
1: Oh man, uh, the smell of lemons. Like, when you zest them. When I'm having a bad day, I just grab a... I always keep lemons around. And you just go get one of those bad boys out of the fridge and zest a little, hold it up to your face. It'll just transport you to another world.
2: You just blew my mind. That's amazing. Um, happiness is a zested lemon. That's Alexa Rose, everyone. Let's play some more music. Yeah.
3: the grave.
1: Such a weird
2: conversation. (laughs) That's the idea.
1: (laughs) This is is a song I wrote for my great-grandparents who were farmers uh, in Virginia. you so much cool uh, this song is called human <laughs> I get confused by this schedule it's real intense I know there's
2: so much stuff on there isn't it yeah But yeah. before
1: we get too close to the end of this sheet of paper I just want to thank Travis for having me again It's been a real joy. I hope y'all will keep coming out. He always has such incredible folks um, on these shows, and it's been an honor to be a part of it.
3: Thank you. Thank you. I want to go downtown. And look some stranger in the face I want to be myself again Remember why I love this place I want to wake up now And squeeze the living from this day I want to believe truly Everything
2: This has been the Travis Book Happy Hour Podcast. Thanks for listening. Huge thanks to Alexa Rose, Julian Pinelli, Thompson Guitars, Americana Vibes, and The Bluegrass Situation. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and leave a positive review. It really helps us out. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Travis Book Happy Hour and online at thetravisbookhappyhour.com. And remember, it's okay to be happy.